Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Today on Footy Talk, it's me, James Graham, joined by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. We're going to be previewing the All-Stars game. Getting an update on my injury and how the Roosters are shaping up for 2023. Hello and welcome everybody to Friday Footy Talk with me, your host, James Graham. A new show dropping every Friday, a football and player-focused show. Joined by two of the game's greats, Connor Watson and Greg Inglis. Welcome, gents. Hello, mate. I don't know about it. Great. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's an honor to be here with you too. Hello, boys. Hope you're all going well back there in the studio. GI, just talk us through. You're over in New Zealand at the moment uh, in Rotorua. How's, uh, how's the week been there? Yeah, week's been good. You know, a few things that's been happening that's very historical, which we'll touch on in a minute. It's been pretty pretty well received over here. Um, the little town Rotorua that I'm in, you know, they, they haven't seen much of this calibre of football or the players, NRL superstars, women and men's, being played here. So, well, yeah. it is a good week. It's going to be a good game on Saturday. Yeah, looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that in a moment. But, Connor Watson, it's hard not to point out the fact that you are in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I the fact like, it's red? Red wheelchair. It looks you, you do look good in it, but I was very surprised to see. Obviously, you have a, a footballing injury. Um, can you talk us about how that how that's progressed at the moment and just exactly what happened there. Yeah, it's been pretty slow. The last month I've been stuck in this chair in a straight leg brace. So I ruptured my patella tendon second day back from the Christmas break. So yeah, it's been an interesting month. I've just sort of come back to Sydney. I've been up at Terrigal, hiding out there at mum's. There's no stairs there. So, and uh, it's always good to go home and get mum to look after you for, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but it has been and just... What's the sort of prognosis looking forward? Um, you're going to be back this season? Yeah, I'll be back this season. Initially, you know, I was very worried that I'd miss the whole year, especially being a patella tendon. You know, they can sort of take nine months. But uh, after the surgery, the surgeon came in and he's like, you know, I think I've done a really good job on it. Give yourself a mad rap. <laughs> and then um, he's like, yeah, you, you can be back in six months. Just where I tore it too. It's nice and high. So he could go straight back to the kneecap. But... Yeah, I was in some pain for a couple of days there. Yeah, I bet you were. But I reckon that surgeon, he's talked himself up. I reckon he's gone, oh, it'll be nine months, mate. And then, oh, actually, <laughs> got down to six. Like, yeah, recommend me. Like when physios tell the media and they'll be like, yeah, he'll be back in nine months. And then they always miraculously beat that timeline to make themselves look good, don't they? They sure do, mate. They know what they're doing. I think it's just them covering their own backside in case something <laughs> yeah. does happen. Yeah, that's a point. <laughs> that is a you good know, we're just athletes and we take that as a challenge so we try to push it the boundaries a bit more so that's probably why they say nine months yeah it annoys me that like he's out for six to nine months well you've covered yourself there I'm like <laughs> okay. I guess they need to keep their <laughs> job yeah, you know? yeah 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 but um so you're, you're back at the roosters Connor mm. um how's it going back there obviously you've, you have been away for the past month but I've got them as competition favorites is is that the feeling within the camp yeah I've got them as competition favorites too <laughs> yesterday was the first time that I've been back in, so I was. Um, I come in, and some of the boys were like laughing at me in my wheelchair. So that, that was a good start. And then, yeah, they. There seems like there's a really good vibe around the place. They had a good camp in Queenstown last week, so they're all sort of um, buzzing. And you know, Robbo's named a pretty good side to trial this weekend against Melbourne. So 
I think they want to start the year off a bit better than we did last year. Yeah, and Brandon Smith coming in as well. He'll certainly add to what is an already impressive arsenal of weapons. How's uh, how's he been? I believe he was first to to diagnose you uh, when you went down with your knee injury as well. <laughs> yeah, so I've done my knee and when you do your patella tendon, you rupture it, your kneecap sort of shoots up into your quad and like I knew I was done for ages and Brendan comes over, he's like, you'll be sweet, mate, one week, one week. <laughs> yeah, I, told, I gave him some um, some words I probably can't say on here. <laughs> yeah. I told him to beat it, but <laughs> nah, he's been good. He uh, He's a character, you know what he's like. He sort of fit in with the group straight away. He's moved into Bondi and, yeah, he's really loving it. So, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that we're going to see some great footy from him and the boys this year. Yeah, I think uh, I'm really excited about watching the, the Roosters this year. I think Brandon Smith, like I say, has a, a whole new dimension to the attack there. And, um, yeah, judging off what you told me, uh, I don't think he's going to pursue a career in the medical fraternity anytime soon. So hopefully he concentrates on football and he has a great year for the Roosters. But G.I., the season finally gets underway again and the All-Stars have got centre stage in the NRL and sport and landscape over here in Australia and New Zealand. Um, can you just tell us, just from your experience, just how important and how special this game is? Yeah, I'll touch on that. I just want to touch on Brandon Smith moving into Bondi. Like, person of his personality and his traits, I just want to know how he's going to last. Is he going to last there for that long? <laughs> is he going to rock up the train a bit late or whatnot? I hope so, Greggy. <laughs> it's a bit of a bit of a zoo down there, so yeah. Oh, he'll be loving it, fitting right in. Hopefully, we're not we're not talking about off field issues. We we're trying to, uh, we're trying to be football and player focused, but you know, hopefully, Brandon Smith's in there in the headlines for all the right reasons, but... He will be. I'm, I'm sure he will be. <laughs> Bondi suits his personality, that's for sure. I just don't think I want to see that in speedos at Bondi Beach. Oh, Well, he's looking fit, though, at the moment. Shredded cheese, he reckons. <laughs> Shredded cheese. Uh, I like um, it. It's like to see. But look, guys, it's been over here. And it's a special week, like I touched on before. You know, we had a... You got one side of it that's a very the oldest culture in the world and then you have the youngest culture in the world and in the in the Maori side. So having these two cultures connecting over here in such a, you know, very much traditional space, it's eye-opening for us, but it's also good and also sad at the same time because it just goes to show that back home there still needs a lot, a lot of work to be done. And, you know, for them to speak their language over here constantly teaching in their schools, we don't have that back home. And it is hard to find that the right dialogue and the right ways to teach it. Some schools I know are coming into talking about it, into teaching the language. But I was finding those that we got lost along the way, like our elders, that's passing on to us. The first day we got here, we got the welcoming. And that was, you know, we may not see it now or may not hear about it, but it's a very much historic moment and it'll be talking about for, you know, probably another 100 years talking about this moment that we had. And also on that there, we had the first Indigenous team that travelled. You know, back then in 1963, it was it was hard, so that was 50 years ago. Mm. And for them to come back and, and experience where they actually started, but it's just a good feeling around it. Today we had a gala day with the students all in Rotorua and the schools around it. You know, it was about to be over just a thousand kids throughout the day, starting from 8:30 and finishing at 2:30. So, 
few of the boys went down there, they put their hand up. The women's side went down there, their touch sides, indigenous touch side went down there and just throwing the ball around for a few hours, playing a bit of touch, playing a little bit of all kinds of games. So, you know, it's all about embracing culture. It's all about embracing community, no matter where we go, no matter where the, the game's taken. And it's just really good part and start of the year to be involved in. It's a real celebration of the two cultures. And you know what's really interesting there with with what you've spoken about so passionately is you've not mentioned anything about the game. And that's, I think, really important. I was fortunate to be a part of two All-Stars camps and the game was just, you know, that was just something we did on the on, on the Saturday. It was more of the work and the importance was in the, in the week and, and education. And it really sort of opened my eyes to, you know, a, a part of history and a part of culture that I was perhaps a little bit unaware of. And, you know, I got so much value out of those two weeks. But just, can you just sort of try and explain to the listeners just w- why this is so important and why the NRL need to keep this as a, a permanent fixture every single year? Well, like you just touched on there, it's education as well. It's an education purpose. You know, when we did it, it was the NRL All-Stars. We could pick all different kinds of, you know, the English to the Papua New Guineans, you know, to whoever was playing in the NRL at the time, you could select them. So you've been in a camp and actually understanding of different cultures within that, just that one side in that squad of 18, 20, right? And for us, it was tracing back, you know, us being comfortable and not being embarrassed about who we are as a culture and who we are as people. So I was embracing all that there. And the reason why I don't speak about the game, because this game at the end of the, end of the week is a bonus, right? But throughout the week, it's all about building the community and the NRL will keep this alive for, you know, for many, many years to come. You know, they somehow got it to work through COVID, but, you know, it's it's an important week. It's an important week for all involved, seeing different people coming to camp and talking about their experience. You know, I just said before about the team that travelled here 50 years ago, they wasn't allowed to wear the green and gold. They wasn't re- allowed to represent Australia in those colours. So hearing the backstory about them and just, you know, like anything and like I tell everybody, if you don't know and you don't know the story, ask a question. You know, be interested, be invested into it. And I could just see on their faces they're happy, they're smiling. You know, these are guys that have been over here, you know, 50 years ago and it's just incredible to hear what they went through and the stories that they tell them. And they played here in Rotorua. So to come back here, it's, it's incredible. On the other side, on the Murray side, it's... Today at the school carnival gala thing, we had Indigenous youth doing, you know, Maori cultural dancing and then we had the Maori cultural kids doing the corroboree and, you know, so it's teaching back and forwards. And that's what all this week's about, is educating and also understanding a lot as well. Yeah, sports such a, can be such a powerful vehicle. The grand finals and state of origins and its top elite athletes performing at their very best, but sport can be such a powerful vehicle you know, within those communities and provide hope, provide inspiration, provide a pathway to living your, your best life. And I think at a time where we, we, we do need to, to come together, this is so important. And I think the work that you're doing, especially as well, Greg, is, is so valuable and you make a big difference to a lot of people's lives. Well, that's what we're here for, right? Is <laughs> teaching our next generation through it. You know, being those people they aspire to be, like I said, I love being around the camping here. I love love just learning myself and learning how can I get better as a person. 
Mm. Yeah. Have you got a tip for this weekend's game then, Greg? Oh, this is all stars. You should know that, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, Connor it, will back me out there. Come yeah. on. 100%. <laughs> Look, that's another thing, right, about it. You know, we're all friends in that and all want to learn different ways and, you know, helping each other through the week. But we're warriors, so we go to battle. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. But away from the field on Saturday, we're, we're fine again. You know, it's one culture coming together. It's one of the coolest weeks I've been a part of. I'm like spewing, I've missed it the last couple of years because of injuries. So, yeah, I'm certainly jealous seeing you over there, Greggy, but hopefully next year I'm back for it. Yeah, it'll. Uh, well, hopefully it's here for, for many years to come. It should be. Mm. Like Greggy said, there's so much education that comes from it. And even like me, myself, you know, the first couple of days at the camp, I was like a bit shame with it all. And then eventually the last couple of days I was there trying my best to do shake your legs. So <laughs> pretty stiff. Yeah, part. see, the, that's another thing that we always brought in a camp. There's no matter, this is a sacred thing. There's no such thing as a shame or being embarrassed. It's we encourage one another to to do it. This year, obviously, we're about to start with the trials coming up. Everybody's excited. Each team has trained the house down, had a great preseason, all feeling good about themselves. But I'm going to ask you two, which team is going to be the Cowboys of 2023? Everyone wants to be the Cowboys. No hope, no expectation. But they surprised everybody. Connor, I'll come to you first. And who do you think is going to be the breakout player of season 2023? Yeah, I think the Tigers will improve a lot this year. Signed a great forward pack and the addition of Appy Corusau as well. Like he's a world-class number nine. And I'm really tight with Chris Hyington. So he's back on the staff there. And yeah, he's just saying the boys are loving it. And I ran into Clem the other day. He said it's like a really good environment. So it seems like a lot's changed over there with sort of the new staff and the the new players. And I think my um, breakout player this year, I've, I've gone with Terrell Sloan. And Greg, you could probably comment to see how he's going in camp over there. But I just think, you know, he's got a really good opportunity. It's so unfortunate for Cody Ramsey that he's out um, and he's going to miss the year. So, you know, all the best with him. But I think that Terrell Sloan has that X factor and, you know, there was some question marks over his defence and whatnot last year, but I really feel like, you know, he could be a game changer in the NRL and reminds me a bit of you, Greggy. Look, I've got skinny legs, but they're not that skinny. <laughs> 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 they remind me of uh, Macca, Nathan Blacklock legs. Those, yeah, those ones, true. Right? I love to see how the Bulldogs are going. They recruited well. You know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, obviously they started off bit up and down last season, but they recruited well. They've been playing together for a year now. Like you said, everyone's feeling good about themselves. Everyone's talking themselves up pre-season. Any club can do that there until they actually kick a ball. So I'll be interested to see how, how far they can go, if they can make the top eight. I'll be interested to see how Matt Burton goes to, you know, backing up from last season and in the Origin Series. And I reckon that's just going to do him well confidence. I like what you're saying there about the Dogs GI and Connor Watson. I thought I like what you say as well about Tyrell Sloan like he's um, a kid I've had a little bit to do with my, with my time down there at the Dragons and that mental game of am I going to be playing or not I think you're looking at the situation there now he pretty much knows that this fullback spot is there to be taken I'm backing him all the way he's a freakish talent he can move across the ground with the best of him and he just makes it look so easy he has the ability to make the difficult things look like he's having a, a game of touch football in, in the back garden he's a uh, 
in- incredible, incredible talent. There are aspects of his game that, like everybody, he needs to work on. But if he can get anywhere near his potential, he'll have a breakout year for sure. Yeah, I seen an article about him the other day too, and I think he spoke to the media about sort of how his mindset's changed as well, which was you know like a big thing. When I when I seen that, I was like, he's in for a big year. He spoke about you know how he was so disappointed to get dropped last year, and then you know he sort of changed his mindset and flipped the way he was thinking about it, and just saw it as a good opportunity for him to improve in that mental space. So yeah, I'm keen to see how he goes this year. Yeah, most definitely. Talking about how we're going to go this year. The CBA is yet to be agreed. There's two sides of the fence, isn't there? There's obviously the RLPA and you've got the, the NRL, our sports governing body as well. And it's sort of split the opinion publicly and across the commentators and the media personalities within the game. So we're just going to play this clip from Gordon Tallis. You would only be worried if you're getting recorded if you're saying something wrong. Oh, I've got my phone here now. I might record you and you get sacked. Well... You think it's a storm no. in a teacup? Can you understand what the players are seeing as a show of disrespect? At? What do you mean a show of disrespect? They're the ones that are airing all the dirty laundry. The game doesn't survive without the players. And the players have the come players out... The players don't survive without the fans. And at the moment, they're pissing the fans off. Right? They go out, they dig holes all day for $30 and $40 an hour, and they see these guys as pretentious little... Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't they now, right? Or on this million dollars a year. But not all of them are on that. They're fighting for the blokes who aren't on that. That's the thing I think is... Okay, 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 good. Now we got to the point. So, Connor, Greg, what do we think? Connor, you're a a, a current player. (laughs) I the other day. And I think it's, um, you know, I can see both sides of it. My interest, I'm interested more in, you know, being involved in the women's game is some of these women are off contract, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have no club to go to. And they can't be signed anywhere until this is done. So there's a whole ripple effect on onto it. Being in Camp i I'm asking some of the girls, oh, are you still staying in the club? It's like, well, I'm off contract. I don't know if I'll be signed again. You know, where the CBA playing side is standing is because they are fighting for that, for those younger guys coming through and making sure they got a looked after in long jeopardy of it. But I also see what's how much more percentage of money has been put into it from the NRL side of it. So... It's a good debate. It's a good thing to happening, but it's like anything, right? Negotiations should be behind closed doors. That's the way I see it. Connor, as a as a current player, what are your thoughts on this? And and Gordon sort of criticising the the players for not wanting to be recorded. Yeah, I was there at the uh, Leaders and League RLPA conference. So yeah, there was, that was no negotiations and. At that point in time, Andrew come to speak to us about, you know, sort of uh, leadership and and then obviously he knew some questions about the CBA were going to come. But at that point in time, like when the recording was happening, it was a player speaking. Like it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't Andrew and nothing was said and it was only that um, Justin Olam <laughs> caught it um, happening and then, then for the person to deny it twice before it actually then admitting that you know, they were doing it. Yeah, I don't understand why that recording, like, needed to happen. We were just literally talking to Andrew, like, and the way we seen it was, like, they're trying to catch us out saying something wrong that they could then, you know, like, use as ammo or or whatever. But, you know, the two most important people in the game, the players and the fans, and we don't want to be in this position that 
we're put in, but we've been led here. Clint's been trying to do the negotiation for 15 months and, you know, they've said, we've given you fair deals, but if we don't stand up now, then we're doing an injustice to the past players, to the present players and the future players. And this isn't about money. This is about the woman's financial model, agreement on the woman's financial model, like Greggy just spoke about, policies, so things around the pregnancy policy, the parental policy and the re- relocation policy. And then also, you know, being consulted. Well, without those, we have to agree to the, the, the RLPA has to agree to the changes that happen where sometimes, you know, the NRL would just change the rules and not consult us. So I don't think, feel like we're asking for too much there. It's sort of, it's in the girls' rights to have a contract model sorted. You know, like Greggy said, they're playing in a game this weekend and some of them don't have a deal for the NRLW season. So if they get injured in this game and they're out for the year, then there's no finance, there's no money coming in from rugby league there. And the other thing that we spoke about as well was the RLPA autonomy. So the NRL are saying that they want approval of where we decide to spend our money. But that's our share of the revenue. Sorry, what, what do you mean by that? So when we get the revenue, say we want to go like, we want to put more money into the hardship fund or medical for retired players. They want the approval of where we spend that money. But there's a board of directors there to look after that. We, we spoke about having a member of the NRL on the government's committee and being part of it, but not having the final say of that decision of where our, our chunk of the revenue gets spent. Greg, is, is that a, a concern of some of our female players, some of our rugby league sisters over there at the moment about this? Yeah, well, there's no doubt they'll be thinking about it. Like, it's the same with the men as well. Men have probably come into the last year hoping to get re-signed again. But again, it's, look, I just hope it gets resolved quicker instead of dragging it out, which I'm sure it will get resolved. I'm sure both parties will come to an agreement soon. Again, what Connor just touched on, you know, we want to look after our women's as well because they're coming in and they need these in their policies. Let's go back to the original question, Jimmy, it's, it'll be no doubt on their on their mind, hoping not to get injured. They won't play a step back or, you know, play a certain percentage. They'll go out there and play hard, without a doubt, but it'll still be stuck in their mind in one way or the other. What's your thoughts on it, Jimmy? Look, for me, it's it's clear that it's not about money. Because if it was, you'd just sign the cap that the NRL announced. It's for me, rugby league. Yes, we we knock each other about on a weekend, but there's a tight bond there between players that play with each other and against each other. We're one big family, and now we've, we're, we're all brothers. We all look after each other. Um, we see it now. We've got some sisters along the way, and we're, we're showing that we we care about each other. You know, the, the top players, there'll be plenty of players with ratchet clauses in there, that would see that salary cap announcement and think, let's get that signed because that's going to mean a significant increase in my bank balance every single month. But it's clear that it's not about that. It's about some of the people that don't get the right amount of treatment or fall on hard times and looking after their future selves and some of the players that have dug the well for the game. That's what I can see. And in terms of Gordy's point around this not being played out in public and airing the dirty laundry, like the NRL with the stakeholder that announced the salary cap. Mm. 
unbeknownst to the Players Association. And I think this recording coming out, Gordy's right where he says, you know, we get recorded all the time. I come on the air and we're recorded. But there's conversations that you know are being recorded and there's conversations that you just assume aren't. And I don't think you can walk around in life and go to meetings assuming you're being recorded all the time. In a situation like that, I would assume I'm not being recorded. It would change what I would say if I'd known I was being recorded, could be open to public interpretation. I think the very fact that this NRL executive is going to face disciplinary action means that it, they were doing something wrong. Like, I'd like to see if the shoe was on the other foot. You know, if you went into a negotiation and you started recording Abdo or Volandis, what would the reaction be from them? You know, oh, I want to get this information out so we can leak it. What's the benefit of recording this conversation? It's only going to be used against. And I think that has subsequently fractured the relationship. It's really sad that it's got to this point where the CBA and negotiations and secret recordings are taking over what is, you know, we say it every single year, but it's shaping up to be, you know, one of the best seasons. We've got this fantastic celebration happening this weekend. We've got a new competition, a new preseason competition that not really many people are talking about. My old club, St. Helens, are out. They're about to play the Dragons and then go and play Penrith. And really, that's not been the focus point, which I think is a, a huge disappointment. And I've said this before, that I hope in four or five years' time, when the next CBA comes up to negotiation, it's not left until the last minute. Anyway, on to a little bit of fun to finish off the show. Greg, I'll come to you first. Who's your um, NRL greatest of all time? And you, uh, look, you can, I'll, I'll you can say yourself if you want. <laughs> nah, I'll you know I'll play with the best in the you know in the modern era. So you know for me it's the the competitive, the willingness, and the never give up. Is all these all those guys? You know, Bill, JT, Cooper, Smitty, even Petro. You know, talking about defenders, Petro is definitely up there. But it's uh, Darren Lockyer for me. You know, Darren Lockyer is what he's done throughout his career is incredible. Um, like Smitty, Bill, one club man, getting so many awards, not only as an individual, but as a team recognition as well. So for me, it's Darren Lockyer. Yeah, nice answer. Connor, what about yourself? It's hard for me to sort of think about Darren Lockyer's career just because I only sort of got the back end of it Like by the time I was really taken in footy. For me personally, though, I've got to go with Cam Smith. Mm. I just think, you know, I've got some stats here. 430 matches, well, that's NRL games, so plus a whole heap of state of origin, international games. Did it in the middle as a hooker. He scored 2,786 points, so he's the top point scorer in the NRL. Oh, it's not that many. Is it not? <laughs> Mate, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. And then three premierships, obviously had two taken off him, two daily M's, and made 16,874 tackles. So those shoulders would be sore, man. It's quite the career, isn't it? What about you, Jimmy? Who do you think? Uh, look, I'm going to back you up and I'm going to go Cam Smith. I don't have any stats or any numbers on him. <laughs> but I want to tell you what he was like to play against. So he was an incredibly intelligent footballer. For me, a finely tuned algorithm. So you could go in and approach him and go, okay, we're going to do, we're going to do X to stop Y. And you'd do that, and then he'd go, he'd do Z. And you'd go, geez, I didn't know that. So he had, he'd react to what you were going to do, and he had a plan B, a plan C, and 
he was incredibly difficult to play against. You know, he'd just be able to read the game, his situational awareness, like where everybody was from the dummy half position. I reckon they should test his eyes because I reckon he'd have 40-40 vision, you know, <laughs> and he'd kick plenty of those 40-20s off the back of that vision. You know, the ability to step out of dummy half, make yourself look like you've got time, recognize that the fullback's slightly out of position, you know, put in a 40-20 or a long kick downfield and just completely change the momentum of the game. He was an absolute master of that. The, you know, another thing I like about him as well, like from an athlete point of view, definitely not the biggest Definitely not the strongest, but still he had all enough attributes to be competitive, not shake the hard work, but also a brain that could pick apart any game of rugby league. That's why he gets my vote for the NRL GOAT. Difficult one, isn't it? Yeah. What about in the UK, Jimmy? Who would you be your one in Super League? In the UK, without doubt, another hooker uh, and good friend of mine, James Roby. I think he's Roby. playing in his 20th yeah. season as it stands. Perplexes me just how good that lad is and... I actually came through with him. I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was going to be that good. And I tell this little bit of a story about just how good he is. So he played at St. Helens. They moved into a new stadium. Uh, they The fans had a vote for like 120 years of history, 130 years of history to vote for a player to get a statue erected outside of the, the stadium. So they went with Kieran Cunningham. Out of all these years of history, Kieran Cunningham, who was the previous hooker to St. Helens, how do you replace this guy that's got a statue of him outside the new ground? Well, along comes this kid called James Roby. Now, if there wasn't a statue of Kieran Cunningham, I say this, I played with Kieran and I played with Robes, there'd be a statue of him. He was that good. It's absolutely phenomenal what, he, what he's managed to achieve, his longevity, an absolute warrior, and just consistent performances year in, year out, without doubt, James Roby. Yeah, it sort of reminds you of the Super League, Cam Smith, right? Mm. Yeah, one club man as well. Their careers uh, are very similar and opposite side of the world. And, you know, to go through the adversity as well that he's been through as a player and as a leader. So I was part of the St. Helens team that lost five grand finals in a row. And you think, how are you going to come back from that? Well, they've just backed it up and they won their fourth in a row last year. So it's a, it's a real feel-good story for, for a guy like him as well. All right, well, that concludes the very first episode of Footy Talk on a Friday, the football and player-focused show with me, your host, James Graham and the greats Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. Tune in and we'll see you next week.